Today on the Matt Wall Show, United Airlines has decided to start hiring pilots based on diversity rather than merit. This is yet another conservative slippery slope argument come to life. Also, five headlines, including Joe Biden equivocating on whether companies should boycott Georgia over their voter ID law. Caitlyn Jenner considers a run for governor and a former CIA director becomes the latest ex-government official, one of many to publicly entertain the idea that aliens may have already visited Earth. In our daily cancellation, we'll talk about Tucker Carlson's interview with the governor of Arkansas last night. He attempted to defend his position in favor of chemically castrating children, and it did not go well. All of that and more today on The Matt Wall Show. You know, we've seen all kinds of emergencies over the last year, some bigger, some smaller, some weather-related, some not. We've had situations here in Nashville uh, just recently. There was there was flooding, really bad storms. All of this just shows why you need uh, our sponsors, ReadyWise. ReadyWise is the leader in emergency food supplies, and it's all about being prepared ahead of time because that's what preparation is all about. If you're not prepared ahead of time, then it's too late. Emergency meals, they've got they've got freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition. They've also got adventure meals for hiking, camping, and outdoor activities if you're you know, someone who likes to hang out outdoors like I am. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. You can order online and have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. ReadyWise products are proudly made in the USA. And, um, you know, this, the great thing is it's very simple. When preparing their products, all you need is four cups of water. The water doesn't have to be hot. You just pour the food into the water, stir and cover. 15 minutes later, the meal's ready. It's that simple. ReadyWise uses the finest ingredients and latest food preparation technologies. You don't, you don't have to sacrifice taste just to um, get the convenience of, uh, of ReadyWise. So if you want to be a part of this, this week, my listeners can get 10% off at ReadyWise.com when entering Walsh at checkout or by calling 855-475-3089. ReadyWise is a 30-day, no questions asked return policy, so there's no risk in taking the initiative to get you and your family prepared today. That's ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com, promo code Walsh to get 10% off. As a conservative, you can be confident of two things when you make a slippery slope argument in relation to any left-wing idea or policy. First, that you'll be condemned as a paranoid lunatic and promptly laughed out of the room. Second, that you will almost certainly be right. Every week, yet another thing happens in reality that people on the right in the not-so-distant past warned would happen if we stayed on this cultural trajectory. Precedents do matter which is no surprise to some of us. If, if something is justified on a certain basis, then everything else that can be justified on that same basis will probably one day occur. If you tear down statues of Confederate generals because they were racist, then all of the other statues of quote-unquote racist historical figures will come down. If you say that marriage is only a consensual contract between people who love each other, then eventually you'll have children with you know, three polyamorous homosexual fathers listed on their birth certificates. If you say that it's possible and valid for a person to choose his own gender, then eventually you'll have thousands of children undergoing gender transitions. If you justify broad masking mandates during a pandemic, you'll end up with masking mandates even after the pandemic. It doesn't take fortune tellers to predict these future events. It requires only a basic grasp of logic. Because evidently, one thing really does lead to another. Who would have thought? The problem is that the slope is, we have to admit, sometimes so slippery and the logical endpoints so irredeemably absurd that it's impossible to issue a warning about whether about where these things are heading without sounding like you're making a joke. I mean, I'll admit that. So, for example, you know, those of us who opposed uh, those of us opposed to affirmative action have, for years, illustrated our point 
by asking you to imagine you know, a situation where you're boarding a passenger plane piloted by someone who was given the job uh, to fulfill a racial quota rather than based on merits. I mean, no matter how committed you are to diversity, uh, we would say, when you're 30,000 feet in the air traveling 500 miles an hour, you want your captain to be the best of the best, no matter his race or gender. It would surely be small comfort as you plunge into the Pacific due to human error by your underqualified yet inclusive flight crew to know that, you know, the wreckage will be diverse and eclectic. But this is the sort of catastrophic insanity to which our emphasis on diversity over merit leads. That's what we've always said, right? And now United Airlines is here to prove the point. This is another time when we have to say, I told you so, and we really do hate to say it. On Tuesday, United tweeted out the big news. This is what they said. Our flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. That's why we plan for 50% of the 5,000 pilots we train in the next decade to be women or people of color. The airline news website, One Mile at a Time, has more details. They say, quote, United Airlines is the only major U.S. airline to own a flight school. And the airline is beginning to accept new applications as of today as it embarks on a plan to train 5,000 new pilots by 2030. Upon completion of the program, pilots are guaranteed a job with United. That's cool in and of itself, as we, uh, the article continues, as we see how the industry expects there to be so much demand for pilots in the coming years. What's even cooler is that United is setting a goal of having at least half of those pilots be women and people of color. Just to show you why this is needed, a mere 5% of airline pilots in the U.S. are women. Even more jarring is that just over 1% of airline captains are female, meaning a vast majority of female pilots are first officers. So it shows you that progress is being made in the sense that there are more entry-level pilots than senior pilots who are female, but it also shows you how much more work there is to be done. The percentage of U.S. airline pilots who are people of color is even smaller. And perhaps the most shocking statistic of all is that there are fewer than 150 black female pilots at, at U.S. airlines. Yes, cool is one way to describe this plan by United. I think a, a, maybe a better word would be something like um, horrifying. You know, that might get closer to the mark. To this point, okay, the safety record of the airline industry is almost miraculous. Millions of commercial aircraft fly through the skies each year, and fatal accidents are still so rare that, as people like myself with unreasonable anxiety about flying have to constantly remind ourselves, you are orders of magnitude more likely to die in the car on the way to the airport than you are while you're up in the sky in the, in the plane. You are, in fact, more likely to die almost anywhere else on the planet than at cruising altitude on a passenger aircraft. It is, if not the safest place to be, then very close to the safest place you could possibly be anywhere. Now, this has a lot to do with advancement in technology, but it's also a reflection of the incredible skill and competence of the people steering these giant metal buckets over the clouds. And now, as it turns out, there is no miracle or mystery here, actually. People, both those building the planes and those flying them, have made flying as inconceivably safe as it is today. And it really is inconceivable. Millions and millions and millions of flights go by and no one dies. Again, you can't say that about cars, that's for sure. This is a long way of saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Almost every person who has ever boarded a plane has arrived at the destination they had in mind intact and unharmed. Almost every single person. Almost. 
What that tells us is that there probably is no major widespread problem with the way that they select pilots. Whatever they've been doing up until right now, keep doing that. It's working. The fact that this record of success belongs mostly to men is not a problem. It's not jarring or shocking. It's not something that we need to fix. If men in general have made the best pilots, so be it. If anything, if we're going to do anything with that information, wouldn't we be recruiting more men, not fewer? And wouldn't we be saying, well, men appear to be pretty damn good at this. Let's, uh, let's get some more of them. Or better yet, it's a reason to continue recruiting pilots exactly as they've been recruited until now, which is not based on gender at all. The process has worked splendidly. It literally could not have worked any better. Now, United doing a little PR damage control, which will prove easier than the sort of damage control they might be doing in the near future, um, responded to concerns on social media by claiming that all applicants will still be qualified. Okay, they wrote, and listen to the language here, they wrote, quote, all of the highly qualified candidates we accept at the Academy, regardless of race or sex, will have met or exceeded the standards we set for admittance. Hmm. Notice what they didn't say. They didn't say that, that, that the most qualified candidates will be accepted, only that every candidate will have met their standards. This leaves them open to accept one candidate who merely meets the standard over another candidate who exceeds the standard. You notice what they also didn't do. They didn't promise that they won't lower or change the standard in order to fulfill this quota, which they're going to have to. If you want to go from 5% women to 50%, um, you're going to have to change this. Obviously, the standards you have in place right now, those really high standards so that only the best of the best of the best get through, you're going to have to lower them. It's not going to work otherwise. That's what the military discovered, which is why they lowered their standards too for women. Now, defenders of these sorts of quotas will often try to have it both ways. Even today, there are leftists online claiming that you know, United can still hire the best of the best, even while ensuring that half are women or, quote, people of color. But this is really a one or the other proposition. It really is. If you're hiring the best of the best, you cannot possibly declare ahead of time what race and gender and in what exact proportion the best of the best will be. If you can stick to hiring the best of the best while still succeeding in hiring 50% women, then there's no need for this quota at all. What's the point? The fact that they need the quota means either that they are confessing to deliberately discriminating against women and black people until this point, or that they're moving away from hiring the best applicants in order to hire the most diverse applicants. So which is it, United? Are you confessing to illegal discrimination? And are you preparing now to pay out the billion-dollar settlements that are coming? Or are you announcing a plan to hire less qualified pilots in the future? Again, it is really one or the other. Those are the two options. I'm guessing the latter is the case here. United will risk killing you in a plane crash if it, if it scores them a few woke points. That's what this is. Wokeness destroys everything. Even things that were almost perfect, it destroys. Like the safety record for airlines. Almost as close to perfect as a, as a, as a thing can be in this, in this flawed world that we live in. And, you know, if this is the point, if this is the plan, 
And since I'm not going to be flying United anyway, because I value my life, um, I'd suggest that they go all in. I mean, why stop at only including more women and people of color in the cockpit? Here's a jarring stat for you. Can you believe this? No member of the blind community has ever been hired as a commercial airline pilot. Can you believe that? That, that? That's incredible. I mean, surely the Wright brothers would have burned their invention had they known it would lead to bigotry of this kind. I mean, all, all of these years of, of, of commercial air flight, that there's, there's never been a blind pilot? If United is breaking glass ceilings, why not this one? I mean, they're going to be breaking quite a few ceilings in the near future, I imagine. They ought to add this to the list, too. I would only request that the passengers on United's historic first flight by a blind pilot should, should be all of the executives in the company who decided to put diversity above the safety of their customers. Put them all in a plane and send them up on the, um, the plane being flown by a blind pilot. That's what I would say. I mean, surely these executives would leap at the chance to be a part of history and then to shortly become history. So come on, United. Show us all. Show us all how progressive you really are. Let's get now to our five headlines. I've been telling you for the last few weeks about our friends over at constitutioncoach.com, and you really got to pay attention because uh, we've got we've got these classes coming up on April 25th, and if you're not signed up yet, um, this, you're, you're coming up to your, to your last opportunity to get signed up. Constitutioncoach.com, they've got a lot of great programs for equipping citizens to defend liberty by studying and living out the Constitution. Um, and uh, this is all part of their constitutional defense course, and there's the physical aspect of it, which is the firearms training. And I've done that. They do it at the premier training facility in the nation, uh, in Nevada. And it's um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And on top of that, you you, you come away with a skill set that you didn't have before. So you've got to join. You can join hundreds of other patriots from across the nation for a time of learning, training, and fellowship with like-minded people. Whether you've shotguns your whole life or you've never touched one or you're somewhere in between, it doesn't matter. Uh, these people took me to an entirely new skill level. They'll do the same for you. So don't just get a gun. Learn how to carry with confidence and get the training you need. Go to constitutioncoach.com. Again, Rick and the Constitution Coach team have another class on April 25th, but it's filling up fast. Uh, you only have a few more days to get signed up. So right now is the time to do it. Constitutioncoach.com today. You can watch my video there to find out more about how you can be a part of this one-of-a-kind training. That's constitutioncoach.com. Number one, so Joe Biden is uh, equivocating now a little bit. He was, we know that he was, he was fully in favor of uh, the MLB All-Star Game moving out of Georgia, it, punishing the people of Georgia because the, uh, the legislature and, and the governor you know, came up with a bill that, that would uh, protect the integrity of elections. So this is, this is insane on, on multiple levels, of course. Um, why would we need to punish anyone for trying to protect the integrity of elections? And if you are going to punish somebody for this, why would you punish the people of Georgia, business owners and so on, who are losing tens of millions, up to $100 million or more because of this? Joe Biden was uh, in favor of that. And but now he's because if we're talking about slippery slope, okay, if you're moving uh, the Major League Baseball out of Georgia for this, then what about all the other professional sport events that happen in Georgia? There are quite a few of them. And Biden was asked about that yesterday. And here's what he said. Mr. President, do you think the Masters Golf Tournament should be moved out of Georgia? I think that's up to the, uh, the Masters. Look, uh, 
You know, um, it is reassuring to see that uh, for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. There's another side to it, too. The other side to it, too, is when they, in fact, move out of Georgia, the people who need the help the most, people who are making hourly wages, sometimes get hurt the most. I think it's a very tough decision for a corporation to make or a group to make. But I respect them when they make that judgment, and I support whatever judgment they make. But it's the best way to deal with this is for Georgia and other states to smarten up. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, well, that's a good argument. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with a, a point like that. It's so salient. Stop it. Just stop it. Well, why should they stop it? What's wrong with what they did? Stop it. Just stop it. Come on, guys. Just stop it. Okay? The new Jim Crow. My God. Jim Crow. Again, I'm I'm waiting. You know, I'm waiting for someone to provide even, not that this would would even begin to, to prove their point, but can you give us an example of one person, one person who wanted to vote and um, was not able to because of a voter ID law. Can you even explain how that would work? On a theoretical basis, can you explain how that works? How that works exactly. And the better question is, can you explain it in a way that won't come off as incredibly racist? Because remember, what you're, what you're suggesting is that uh, it's not that people in general have trouble figuring out how to get an ID. What you're saying is that black people have trouble figuring this out specifically. So can someone, can some white liberal explain that in a way that makes sense and is not racist? I haven't heard it yet. And then after you've done that, give us the example of someone really wanted to vote. They had um, two years or four years, if it's for talking just presidential, uh, to to get an ID and they were not able to do it. And because I, I, I want to know who that person is and I would like to talk to that person and I, I want to find out how they operate in life. How do they go about their daily lives without a photo ID as an adult? You need it to do almost anything. So what is what is your living in a, a, a life as a as an adult? In modern society, um, without an ID and unable to figure out how to get one, like, what is that like? What is your day-to-day existence like? But we, ne- we never get that. And now, now Biden is saying, well, maybe we don't. Let's not move everything out of Georgia. As long as they smart, smarten up and do what we say, then uh, that's the best thing. Now, meanwhile, for more... Um, insight into this issue. I thought we should really turn to someone who is uh, uh, a legal scholar, uh, one of the great minds, I think, in, in, in society today, and certainly in media. This is Shannon Sharp, along with uh, Skip Bayless on the Fox Sports show Undisputed. And here he is. Uh, for some reason, this is a sports show, and for some reason, he's chiming in on voting law and all that kind of stuff. And here's what he had to say. 
I like the move by MLB. I like they're taking a stand. And Skip, at some point in time, you're going to have to put action to your words. You say you're about inclusion. You say you're about uh, doing the right thing. At some point in time, you have to put those actions into words. I mean, put those words into action. Yep. And that's what they're doing, Skip. Now, you're going to be relegated to where you can take this game to. Because there's a lot of other states that are doing the exact same thing as Georgia. <laughs> Texas, Florida. So those, you, Florida, you're off the list. Texas, you're off the list. There are a lot of states that are doing the exact same thing that Georgia, is, that Georgia did. Mm. Now, Skip, what I don't understand, and this is what's confusing with me. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, was on the under ticket for President Trump. President Trump lost the election because of fraud. But they won the election. They won their Senate races. It was fair and square. I'm confused, Skip. How does that work? Well, the top guy lost, but my election was fair and square, so let's do something about it. Now, in 2016, we know for a fact Russia tried to interfere. Mitch McConnell would do nothing. He wouldn't even bring it to the floor. Now, you want to put these rights because what they see, Skip, there's a, change, there's a changing of the guard. More people are becoming of age to vote, and they're minorities, and they're voting. So instead of changing your messaging and try to reach out to a new base, what do you do? We're going to try to restrict so you can't. It shouldn't be harder to vote than to get a gun. Now, what's wrong with that picture, Skip? You notice that they're making it harder for you to vote than to get that gun. No, we don't want to do nothing with the gun. No, I want my Second Amendment. Right. What's wrong with that picture, Skip? What's wrong? With, well, what's wrong with that picture is that it, uh, it's you're, you're, you're hallucinating, Shannon. That's what's wrong with the picture. What's wrong with the, There's a lot wrong with the picture. It doesn't exist. It's a picture that you drew. It's like a stick figure picture that you drew somewhere. I don't know. It's not, it's not reality. I, just lo- I love when, when people make up something and then they become offended by it. Can you believe this? It's harder to, to vote than get a gun. It's outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, if you're making things up, it's, uh, anyone could do that. I can make up all kinds of outrageous scenarios. Now, I say this as someone who I've been clear that I don't actually think it would be outrageous. I think it would be good if it really was harder to, uh, to, to vote than to get a gun. I think that's the way it should be, but it's not that way at all. And we've gone through all the reasons why. Now you watch a clip like that. And I know it's easy to say anytime I play any sort of clip like that from whether it's a celebrity or somebody on sports media, the comments that I always get, people are probably leaving the comments right now if they're watching on Daily Wire or YouTube. Um, the, the comments are, well, what does it matter what this person says? Who cares what this person says? Uh, it, do- it shouldn't matter, right? But it does. It, it actually matters a lot more, a lot more than anything that anybody says on cable news. What you just heard there is the same nonsense that you hear on cable news. But on cable news, it makes very little difference because the people that are exposed to it on CNN are already the people who believe this stuff. That's why they're watching CNN, right? Um, or they're watching CNN because they're in an airport, and they're, but they're not really watching it. They have their headphones on, and they're watching it like on mute or something. Um, but as far as people choosing to tune in to CNN, it, they already believe this, and they're watching it so that they're told more of what they already believe. It's the old echo chamber thing. Now, here, a whole lot of people who... Um, are impressionable because most people are and uh it's they're not tuning in to get propaganda but they get it and it sinks in unfortunately the average audience of sports media and that's nothing against people that watch sports media i watch it too but it's like the average audience anywhere 
they hear a claim like that. And if it seems to kind of confirm their priors and it sort of seems to fit in with the vague impression they have of the world and reality, they're going to accept it. Like there are, there are probably thousands of people that heard that segment and came away thinking, wow, man, it's harder to get a gun than to vote. Well, that kind of makes sense. I guess that's true. That's amazing. That's that's horrible. And who's responsible for this? The Republicans? Well, we got to get them out of office then. That really is, they're not going to go and look it up and Google and spend even five minutes researching that or thinking critically about it. They're not going to go to the next step and think, now, wait a second, well, hold on. Doesn't a gun cost money? I mean, right there, that alone is, is, a, is a barrier to entry that you don't have for voting. So, I mean, that, that alone makes getting a gun harder along with everything else. No, they're not going to think that. You know, most people are not critical thinkers. That's what it comes down to. And so what you just heard there, very influential. It makes a big difference. Shouldn't, but it does. All right. Uh, number two, here's Dr. Fauci um, on cable news. Puzzling. This is on, what is it, MSNBC. He's puzzling over the fact that cases are going down even as people ignore him, if you can believe it. I can, but he can't. Here he is. You mentioned Texas and that full ballpark in Arlington yesterday. There was a lot of concern last month when Texas effectively opened up, dropped all those restrictions and said it's back to life. And if you go to Texas, as you know, it looks like 2019. The restaurants and the bars are full and open. The ballparks are full. And yet we've seen cases and hospitalizations since then continue to tick downward. So what do you make of that as all of us look around and sort of try to consider how safe it is to get back to normal life? Yeah, you know, it's it can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks before you see the effect of what you're doing right now. You know, there, there are a lot of things that go into that. I mean, when you say that they've they've had a lot of uh, activity on the outside, like ball games. I'm not really quite sure. It could be they're doing things outdoors. You know, it's very difficult to just one-on-one -on -one compare that. You just have to see in the long range. I hope they continue to tick down. If they do, that would be great. But there's always the concern when you pull back on methods, particularly things like indoor dining and bars that are crowded, you can see a delay and then all of a sudden tick right back up. We've been fooled before by situations where people begin to open up, nothing happens, and then all of a sudden, several weeks later, things start exploding on you. So we got to be careful we don't prematurely judge that. Yeah, when he says before, I assume he's going back, uh, you know, months ago, before we, there are millions and millions of people vaccinated, many millions of people more who have already been exposed and are immune. That's what, when, you, when you hear guys like Fauci now, that, it's, that in their mind, it makes no difference. Like they, they were still supposed to believe that there could be, you know, a massive spike and suddenly we're back where we were six months ago. That's what we're being told. That's what we're supposed to believe. But if the vaccine works, that should basically be, if the vaccine works, and also your your conferred immunity by prior by if you if you previously had um, the virus, both and we were told both of those things, then it should basically be impossible at this point that we all of a sudden find ourselves nationwide back where we were 
six months ago because of all the people that are immune to it. But Fauci is, uh, it, 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 I mean, you got you to see from his perspective. He knows that eventually the time is coming when he's not going to be getting the cable news hits anymore. No one's going to care what he says. Eventually, eventually society's moving on from him and he's not, he doesn't have the power that he does, he doesn't, that he has right now. He doesn't have the fame and the prestige and everything. Um, he's going to be yesterday's news. You know, one hit wonder. And he, he's, he's afraid of that moment. A lot of these people are. A lot of these people that have been bureaucrats, that have been in public life, working for the government for years, for decades, suddenly finding themselves as these rock stars, and uh, they don't want to lose that status. So they're going to say whatever they can to hold on to it. All right, by the way, uh, the actor Morgan Freeman, if you're wondering, has chimed in about vaccines. And, uh, and here's, here's his message. I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm not a doctor, but I trust science. And I'm told that for some reason people trust me. So here I am to say, I trust science and I got the vaccine. If you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. In math, it's called the distributive property. In people, it's called taking care of one another. Get the vaccine. Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again, please. Hmm. What, but why would I trust Morgan Freeman? Who, who is this? The Creative Coalition and a bunch of other companies. Morgan, if you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. Why, why should we trust Morgan Freeman? I mean, I don't really have an opinion on trusting him or not trusting him. He's just an actor. But again, it's just like with the, the Shannon Sharp clip we played. You know, you and I, maybe, if we're critical thinkers, will say, I don't care what Morgan Freeman is. I mean, my opinion on the vaccine isn't going to be changed one way or another by the fact that Morgan Freeman. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a nice voice and um, a very authoritative sounding voice. And we all like to listen to things that are narrated by Morgan Freeman, obviously. But that doesn't actually make him more trustworthy just because we like the sound of his voice. As critical thinkers, you and I, we know that. But there are a lot of people who that is really their thought process. They think, well, what Morgan Freeman, he played God, didn't he? And in one of those movies, well, if we can't trust God, then who can we trust? All right, number three, this is from The Hill. It says, Caitlyn Jenner is reportedly eyeing a bid for governor of California. Um, the former Keeping Up with the Kardashians reality TV star and Olympian is talking with political consultants as, quote, she actively explores a run. Um, and uh, apparently what I had read was that there's someone from the Trump team involved in this. Actually, no surprise there. You know, and, and uh, of course, they, they, they always make, you've always got all kinds of interesting people running for governor in California. So that's, that's par for the course. But I am seeing some conservatives online who are saying, well, this is great. You know, we have Caitlyn Jenner, Republican. The, the, then, then the left's not going to know what to do. You know, we, we, we play the left's identity politics game against them and, um, and, and they'll be totally disarmed. It doesn't work that way. How many times do we have to see it? It doesn't work that way. In order to play the left's identity politics game against them, to use it against them effectively, uh, they have to have integrity and live by their own standards, which they don't. So, yes... 
it, you know, when, when, when they've got Rachel Levine as the assistant health secretary, and uh, if, you, if you criticize Rachel Levine, they're going to say you're automatically a transphobe. It's not going to work that way. You might, you might wish that it would, but it doesn't work that way if the Republican governor of California is transgender and then, you know, the left criticizes him. You, and, and then you think you can say, well, that makes you a transphobe. They, that's their standard. It only, they only apply it to us. They don't live by it. No matter how often we complain that they don't live by it, they're not going to. And also this, you know, this gender stuff, gender theory, as I have been saying for years, um, even as many conservatives laughed about it and told me, oh, you're going to die on this hill. This isn't the hill to die on. I was told it was a sideshow. I was told it was uh, you know, a passing fad. It won't matter. Um, as I've been saying for years and have, this is another one of those, I hate to say I told you so situations, but I was correct and, and am still correct that this is one of the defining issues of our time. So we can't embrace left-wing gender theory in hopes of playing their identity politics game and using it against them like it's going to be some great chess move. It's not going to work. We lose a lot more than we gain. Uh, okay. Number four, the New York Post uh, reported yesterday, Disney World said Tuesday that customers will be allowed to temporarily take off their masks while posing for outdoors, outdoor photos beginning Thursday. Disney World did not comment further on what prompted the updated guidelines, which now say that face coverings must be worn at all times except when dining or swimming. So as it stands, I, the only reason I read that is as it stands right now at Disney World, you have to wear a mask at all times while at the park, even on the rides, and you're only allowed to take it off for pictures or to eat. And as far as eating goes, you, you can't do that or drink while walking around. You have to do it in the designated areas. That's been the rule since June. You also have to submit to temperature checks on your way in. And if you don't submit, then you could be arrested. And that happened to a guy a couple days ago. He was arrested at Disney World because he didn't want to do the temperature check. Um, and this is all on top of the standard Disney World trappings. You know, thousands of dollars that you have to pay between the tickets, the hotel, travel, etc. 97 degree heat, 97% humidity, the lines, the crowds. And this is something people choose to do. Something they subject themselves to on purpose. They pay money for the privilege of walking around all day in the heat with a face muzzle on, money leaking out of their bank account, sweat leaking out of every pore, accumulating in their masks, which they're breathing in all day as they wait in these lines. It is hell on earth. Why would anyone choose to do that? This is your vacation. You get two weeks off a year or whatever, and you're going to spend it doing that? I can't understand it. Um, finally, for the New York Post, it says former CIA director James, uh, director R. James Woolsey said he believes UFOs could exist after his friend's plane was paused at 40,000 feet. The former chief spook who ran the agency from 1993 to 1995 uh, spoke Friday to the Black Vault's YouTube channel where he was promoting a book. Um, and he said, Quote, I never thought there was anything to all this. It always seemed pretty far out to me, but there was one case in which a friend of mine was able to have his aircraft stop at 40,000 feet or so and not continue operating as a normal aircraft. I don't know exactly what that means. It doesn't go into much explanation. Still landed safely, only proving the point from before. 
Now you've, now you've got all these pilots who are encountering UFOs and aliens up there. Still getting you home. Still getting you to your destination. You know, you're still going to land in, in Detroit on time. Pretty impressive. Um, but I really, I, I really wanted to just get to this part. So listen to this quote, okay, from the article. It says, in December, ex-CIA director John Brennan said it was presumptuous and arrogant to believe that there are no other forms of life than the ones on Earth. Here's the quote from him. He said, I think some of the phenomena we're going to be seeing continues to be unexplained and might, in fact, be some type of phenomenon that is the result of something that we don't yet understand and that could involve some type of activity that some might say constitutes a different form of life. That's from John Brennan. Have you ever heard a better example of bureaucrat ease? This is the language of a bureaucrat. It's not even, not even English. You feel like you're having a stroke when you listen to it. He's stringing words together and not saying anything at all. This is a guy who has, who has lost the ability to communicate in actual human language. I mean, listen to it again. He says, I think some of the phenomena we're going to be seeing continues to be unexplained and might, in fact, be some type of phenomenon that is the result of something that we don't yet understand and that could involve some type of activity that some might say constitutes a different form of life. In other words, he's saying, yeah, I think there might be aliens. You know what this really is? This, this is? this is me in seventh grade doing a book report about a book I didn't read and just trying to hit the word count of, you know, 1,200 words. Throwing in all the words I can. When I, ha- I have only one thought about the book that I got from reading its back cover, and, I gotta, and that's all I got, and I got to put a bunch of other words with it. Anyway, I guess that's not really the main point. The main point here is about the UFOs, but instead I decided to rag on uh, John Brennan and said, You know, if you want to make a house into a home, then one of the most important things you can do is have nice artwork on the walls. And that's what that's where our friends over at Paint Your Life come in. Uh, I I know for for me, we we recently bought a house. We're in the process of decorating it, renovating it, getting it all set up. Uh, I should say my wife is doing that. I have no idea what she's doing with the house, but she she just she takes care of it. And uh, and all I do is live there. And it's pretty great. Um, And that's why we recently decided to get another Paint Your Life painting. We already had one of our kids. We want to get another one. That's how much we like it. If you want uh, to get a truly meaningful gift for yourself or someone else, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at at an affordable price. You can choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is absolutely perfect. It's a very user-friendly platform, and it lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. Um, So it's real quick on your end. They're the ones that are going to spend all the time making it perfect. You can send any picture of yourself, your children, family, a special place, a cherished pet, doesn't matter. Uh, you, you can combine photos into one painting and they're going to send you back something that is beautiful and you'll love. That's what they did for us. At PaintYourLife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word MATT to 64000. That's MATT to 64000. Text MATT to 64000. Paint Your Life, celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply, available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Matt to 64,000. Okay, we'll move on to reading the YouTube comments. This is from Joseph says, evil to the left of me, cowards to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with Matt Walsh. Kind of has a ring to it. Joe says, my main question is, how in the world were these two girls able to make a settlement so fast? Usually the court system works like a snail. Yeah, the girls in D.C. who uh, murdered... Um, Muhammad Anwar, 66-year-old Uber Eats driver. This happened like a week ago. Carjacking him, killed him, 
only cared about their phone. And now they got a plea bargain. They're not, they're not going to prison at all. They're going to spend no time in prison and they'll be totally free by the age of 21. So that's six years for the 15-year-old, a little bit longer for the other girl. It, not only did they get that deal, but yes, they did get it. It's a very, this, this was decided very, very quickly. They, they didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. How did it happen, Joe? Well, it's, I told you, it's privilege. And it's mainly female privilege. These are the kinds of deals that females often get in the court system. Um, Mrs. Mack says, we're no longer on a slippery slope. We've hit rock bottom. Well, unfortunately, we haven't. You know, it, what, I, I, if the slippery slope argument is, is wrong or false, it is only because it's not really a slope. Slope is probably not the best um, illustration to use. It is, it's a free fall into like a vacuum. It just, it never, it's like you're, it's like you're in outer space. You can't even really call it falling. You're just hurtling through like what that George Clooney movie where he's hurtling through space. What's that one called? That's what we, that's where we are now. There's no end point. You just go deeper and deeper into the abyss. Cheerful thought. Um, Border X says, most people want it, want you to play the banjo. I just want to hear the telemarketer pitch you had to do. I imagine it being some weird combination of soothing and terrifying, both resulting in me buying whatever you were selling. I don't remember the exact pitch I did as a telemarketer, um, but uh, I, I can remember that I got to the point where I was doing it enough that I could tell in five seconds whether you were the kind of person who might buy from a telemarketer, because most people just won't. And, um, and if I could tell you weren't, then we, our phone line might disconnect, and I'm just going to move on to the next person. That was... Um, and that's, and by the way, you don't, you don't get a lot of telemarketer the, telemarketers these days, but when you do, see, the one thing I hated, the worst thing as a telemarketer was when you encountered a polite person who didn't want to hang up on you. Like a polite but intelligent person was the worst thing to encounter as a telemarketer because they're intelligent, so they're not going to buy from you, but they're polite, so they don't want to hang up. And what that means is they're going to sit and listen to you. And they're going to make you give that whole two-minute spiel just so that at the end they can say, okay, if you're done, I'm really not interested. Have a great day. If you care about the well-being of telemarketers, just hang up. It's the best thing you can do. Then they can move on. Um, And finally, Dr. Emmett Brown says, Matt, would you rather choose as a pet a dog or a leftist? Well, that's a false choice because I think all dogs are leftists. Think about it, needy, entitled, tendency to drool. Very similar. It's one of the reasons I don't like dogs, I think. You know, you hear from some of our great mattress sponsors on this show, and uh, because we all know that, you, you, you know, we all care about what mattress you sleep on at night. But if you care about that, you should also care about the chair that you spend so much of your day sitting in. And that's why you need X-Chair. X-Chair has you covered for your office chair needs. I'm sitting in one right now and enjoying every second of it. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to your uh, lower back, but now, thanks to their new XHMT technology, you can also get heat and massage therapy while you're sitting at your desk. And I promise, even though we have that feature, I use it all the time, um, I am not getting massaged while I do the show. That is my solemn promise to you because that would be weird. Instead of, uh, of your old, uncomfortable office chair, now you can look forward to spending hours sitting in the ultimate therapeutic uh, massager. The, X, the XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to your core, helping increase blood flow, 
muscle recovery and energy. So it's also, it's, it's very comfortable, but it's also making you healthier. It's for your health and well-being as well. X-Chair is on sale right now for $100 off. You can go to xchairwalsh.com now. That's letter X, chairwalsh.com, or call 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to xchairwalsh.com now and use code XWheels for free X-Wheel blade casters. That's xchairwalsh.com. Now, as we return from Easter and Passover, it's important to reflect on, you know, the impact that these holidays have on our faith and the impact that Judeo-Christian values have on our culture. And that's why we launched um, a brand new talk show with Candace Owens, one of the fiercest protectors of conservative values and free speech that there is. Candace is also the only, uh, or rather right now, the first, at least, Daily Wire show to appear in front of a live studio audience, uh, an element that's rarely been included in conservative media. But I think it adds, uh, you know, it adds some excitement to it. It's a fresh new factor. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, whatever the left is doing, we can do it better. The show streams on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central at dailywire.com. But you can also get the audio podcast, Candace, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you need some Candace Owens in your podcast feed, look no further. Head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe today. Uh, and remember to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Today, in a somewhat rare migration, the person featured yesterday in our opening monologue has now moved straight away to our cancellation monologue. That's Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, a man so slight and unimpressive that he makes Eric Swalwell look almost masculine by comparison. And he is the one being canceled today. He was already effectively canceled yesterday upon the news that he had vetoed a bill that would have banned the chemical castration of children in the state, calling it a, quote, vast government overreach to prevent doctors from genitally mutilating children or giving hormone blockers to children. Hutchinson, a Republican governor in the South, let's remember, took the side of the most fringe and radical elements of the LGBT left. Indeed, he took a side that not but five or 10 years ago, even many on the LGBT LGBT left would have opposed or claimed to oppose. But as we know, mainstream conservatism is often just leftism about a half a decade behind. So Asa Hutchinson, in this case, is right on schedule. Fortunately, the Arkansas General Assembly performed what you might call a legislative castration of the governor by overriding his veto and enacting the ban anyway. Hutchinson apparently decided that he had not been defrocked and humiliated enough, so he went on Tucker Carlson last night to try and defend his decision to veto the bill. Now, an intelligent man, or at least a man who cares about his own dignity, might have realized that his position is literally indefensible, as in it cannot be defended, and thus... He would have declined the invitation to go on cable news, the top cable news program in the country, and try and defend it, because he can't. But Hutchinson is not that sort of man, and so this is what happened. Let's watch. Well, the legislature in Arkansas recently passed a bill that would ban doctors from prescribing so-called puberty blockers, heavy-duty hormones, to children who believe they're transgender. The law also bans surgeons from physical castration of children. But the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, vetoed that bill on Monday. Legislatures in Arkansas just voted to override that veto, which brings us to where we are right now. Asa Hutchinson is the governor of Arkansas, and he joins us to talk about this story. Governor, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it in the middle of all this. Now, I I think of you as a conservative. Here you've come out publicly as pro-choice on the question of chemical castration of children. let's, let's Let's pause there for just a moment. Tucker's introduction of the governor and of the issue is absolutely fair. He summarized things quite succinctly and accurately. Well, I want you to just reflect on on this for a moment. This man, Asa Hutchinson, 
was either so terrified of upsetting the far left or so beholden to his corporate interests, or both, I think both, that he's willing to be known. He's willing to be known now as a man who is, as Tucker said, pro-choice on the chemical castration of children. He's willing to sit there, his smiling mug presented to the camera, and take ownership of the view that sometimes it's good to drug, mutilate, and castrate young boys to turn them into girls. Whatever Hutchinson thinks that he's winning as a result of his self-debasement here, I can guarantee that the reward is not worth the cost. There's no way it can be. So once again, a Republican has given up everything, his dignity, everything, and in exchange, he gets nothing. But it gets worse. Let's listen now to his uh, his explanation. This bill was overbroad. It was extreme. It went far beyond what you just said. And I made it clear that this, if this was about prohibiting uh, procedures, uh, sex reassignment surgery, absolutely, I would have signed that bill. But this, again, is the first law in the nation that uh, invokes uh, the state between uh, medical decisions, parents who consent to that, and uh, the decision of the patient. And so this goes way too far. And in fact, it doesn't even have a grandfather clause that those uh, young people that okay. are under hormonal oh, treatments, if I can just correct it. you for a second. Well, this is chemical castration, of course, if you stop puberty and suppress the sex hormones, you're chemically castrating someone. So our, our, our description was correct. But let me just ask you, I mean, there are all kinds of, we're talking about minors, children here, and there are all kinds of things in Arkansas, kids in every state are not allowed to do. Get married, drink a beer, get a tattoo. Why do you think it's important for conservatives to make certain that children can block their puberty, be chemically castrated? Why is that a conservative value, if you would tell us? Well, first of all, you have parents involved in very difficult decisions. You have physicians that are involved in these decisions. And uh, I go back to William Buckley. I go back to Ronald Reagan, the principles of our party, uh, which believes in a limited role of government. Are okay. we as a all right. There it is there. Limited role. OK, Ronald Reagan. Apparently, Ronald Reagan was pro castration. Yeah, you know, I come to think of it, I, I seem to remember that. What was the famous uh, Reagan quote? It was, uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear off these balls. Now, <clears throat> that might be a slight, I'm prouder of that joke than I should be. I really am. That might be a slight paraphrase. I don't, I don't remember exactly what the quote was, to be honest. In any case, Hutchinson, besides posthumously recruiting Buckley and Reagan into, into his uh, sex changes for 12-year-olds camp, seems to provide these primary rationales. This, this is, this is the re- these are the reasons that he just gave, right? Um, one, the government should not interfere with the decisions of patients. Two, this is a difficult decision for parents and doctors, and the government shouldn't interfere with, their, with that either. And three, we as conservatives should support limited government. And then four, Walmart told me to say this. Now, admittedly, point four is more subtext. As for points one through three, let, let's take them one at a time. First, the decision of patients. Well, as we covered yesterday and have covered many times, the patients are children. They can't consent. They can't make this decision. They're not capable. It is incoherent to say that a 13-year-old can, you know, it's incoherent incoherent to say that a 13-year-old cannot consent to sex and yet that he can consent to a sex change. The same logic and science, psychological and neurological science, that supports the notion that 13-year-olds can't consent to sex, which they can't, 
also applies just as much, if not more so, to sex changes. If you take the one position, you're logically committed to the other. Second, this is a difficult decision for parents and doctors. Now, Hutchinson here, who calls himself pro-life, is echoing the exact talking points of the pro-abortion left. We're told that killing babies is a solemn and difficult decision that mothers must sometimes make in consultation with their doctors. But the difficulty of the decision is irrelevant. I mean, it may be difficult for a wife who decides to kill her husband in consultation with her hitman. It may be a, it may, it's a difficult and personal decision. She may agonize over it. She may think long and hard about it. And the thing that, but the thing that makes it difficult is that murdering your husband is a terrible thing to do. What makes abortion difficult is that murdering your child is a terrible thing to do. What makes the medical transitioning of children difficult is that it's a terrible thing to do. In fact, in the case of medical transition and abortion, if these decisions were really what their proponents describe, if the people on the pro side were correct in their view, then these decisions shouldn't be difficult at all. If a baby is nothing but a non-human lump of meaningless cells, why is it difficult to destroy it? You say, it's just a lump of cells. Okay, well then what are you talking about? It's a difficult decision. Sounds easy to me. And if a boy really does have a girl trapped inside him, whatever that means, and you can free this, this true inner female identity through medical procedures that we're told have no ill effects and no real downside, then again, why is it a difficult decision? I mean, there's a, there's a girl trapped inside there. Get her out. But again, the difficulty is, uh, is sort of a moot point in deciding whether the government has a role. And that brings us to point three. Hutchinson says that this is a matter of limited government, which only proves a point that I've made in the past that limited government is a really insufficient and frankly kind of stupid slogan for conservatism. And, you know, we've all shouted it. I have too. But limited government has been mostly a shield for cowards like Hutchinson to hide behind. That's really what it is, uh, what, what it's been in practice. That's how it's worked. Anytime they encounter a fight that they're too afraid to get involved in, they can always lift up the banner of limited government and, um, and pretend that they're deserting the battlefield out of principle. It's like a soldier who suddenly becomes a Quaker the moment the first bullet flies. You know, he sees that first bullet fly over his head. He says, you know what? Uh, I think the Quakers had a, had a point. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it again. I read one of those pamphlets a long time. I think, you know, I think I sort of, I think I'm a Quaker now. Limited government conservatives have, in fact, at every level from the presidency on down, expanded the government exponentially and spent money by the trillions. But then when it comes to protecting children from the worst forms of abuse and indoctrination, suddenly they discover their long dormant passion for governmental restraint. It's a joke, and we should all be too smart to fall for it. The, the banner that we should be marching under is not something vague and overbroad and useless like limited government, but rather something, something that perhaps on second thought won't fit on a banner at all. Something like, we want a government that is properly ordered and directed and which uses its power in judicious, lawful, and morally sound ways in order to fulfill its fundamental obligations to its people. Like I said, not going to fit on a banner. But the point is that we aren't asking the government to uninvolve itself from everything. 
And one area where the government should certainly be involved is in the protection and defense of vulnerable citizens who cannot protect or defend themselves. Vulnerable citizens such as children who, if they manage to survive the gauntlet of the modern womb, now face the very real possibility that they're going to have their minds warped by radical gender theorists and then their bodies deformed to match their warped minds. This is a place for the government to step in. If this is not a place for government to step in, then I can't imagine where else government should step in. If this is not a job for the government, then what could be a job for the government? If we, if we uh, you know, restrain government here, then how can we justify exerting the government anywhere else? We can't. I mean, that's clear. It's clear even to Asa Hutchinson. But he's decided to pretend that he doesn't understand what he certainly does understand. And for that, today, we must transition Asa Hutchinson to the status of canceled. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager, Pavel Vodosky. The show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The governor of Arkansas defends the chemical castration of kids. The MLB moves its all-star game out of Georgia to a whiter state with stricter voting laws. And the experts warn of a double mutant fourth wave of coronavirus. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.